What about you? What are you watching? Okay. You have to still promise to be my friend if I tell you this, okay? <laughs> as long I, as it doesn't have Kurt Cameron in it. it it's close. It has Candace Cameron. <laughs> it's Hallmark movies. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I really do. It's so weird. Like I have made friends. I know. I can recognize the absurdity of it. I really can. But here's the thing. I hated them up until about two or three years ago, and I have just gotten so into them, like, so into them. Hey, patrons, or best friends, or soulmates. Um, This is going to be the first of our bonus content episodes, so we want to do something called New and Newsworthy, so we're just going to chat about things that we are reading, watching, listening to, and maybe what's happening in... uh, the news yeah. <laughs> so claire you want and, to and our spicy takes on it like yeah. this is, i feel a little more free to just say what i want to say on this yeah hopefully so. hopefully you guys love us no matter what <laughs> we so can would, we, would we call this hush money like if people are paying and patronizing <laughs> and then but we're begging them not to like blow our cover on some inside dirt <laughs> that um could be really fun to play with so okay. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Maybe. Well, let's start first, Kelly, with those things that we're watching, reading, and listening to. What are you watching okay. lately? Okay, yeah. And this, you guys, comes from our newsletter, but we're going to just move it over here because I feel like we can give a lot more context uh, in a discussion. So, mm-hmm. what? okay, wait. You asked me watching? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I've been um, pulled into this HBO show called The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you've seen it advertised. So it's apparently it's a comic, like a, I don't know. I'm not really into all the Marvel stuff. I mean, I like Batman, but that's about it. <laughs> but this is fascinating. So apparently the comic, these characters actually exist. And I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you their names or anything, but it's taking place in sort of like a parallel universe to, mm. to nowadays. Like it's our time, but it's nothing like where we live, right? Like it's like a dystopic sort of thing. Um, and it's taking place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So mm. they open the show. The very first episode was um, this uh, reenactment apparently of something that actually happened. So mm. there was back in like after World War II, um, any of the, you know, black service members serving um in the military were bombard they were they showed a scene with um a black infantry unit serving in germany and then the germans came and like you know dropped leaflets over their formation right Ooh, as they're walking yeah. and it was very like yeah your country doesn't love you like what are you doing come over we treat we, we would treat you well in germany and all this and i'm like i'm pausing it every five seconds but like, andrew did that really happen he was like oh yeah it totally happened oh, wow. um yeah, I had no idea. But then they come back to this service member who is now home in Tulsa with his family. He's still in his uniform and, you know, whatever. He's still got this leaflet in his pocket. It has significance to the storyline. But um, there's, like, this riot happening. And it was a race riot. Like, Klansmen in full robes, like, murdering and slaughtering people in the streets. Like, pulling, mm. you know, black business owners out of their businesses. And because apparently Tulsa was, you know, it was a place of essentially affluence for African-Americans mm-hmm. who had, you know, kind of – created their, their entrepreneurs. They were, you know, living in this thriving ecosystem. Well, apparently the clan didn't love that. And there was this whole like massacre. I had to stop the show after this is scene one, like the credits haven't even rolled yet. Wow. I'm Googling all of it and it legit happened. Mm-hmm. So, like Anyway, so the story go like fast forward, like two generations and um, there's still some serious tensions in, in this Tulsa. Um, and they're, you know, playing on, on a lot of that as far as the plot goes. Anyway, mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's really well written. Um, it's kind well, of I feel dark like and shows edgy. like that 
like when it's been based on something that really happened, it just has more gravitas to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Ryan Ryan would probably love that show. He's into all those kind of things. Although we don't have HBO. And it's really, well, you got Disney Plus now. Oh, yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, books. I will no longer read because now we have Disney and HBO and Hulu and we did get rid of Slang. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. And cable. Don't worry. We still have that too. So, (laughs) what? It's so funny. So, anyway, okay. What about you? What are you watching? Okay. You have to still promise to be my friend if I tell you this, okay? <laughs> as long I, as it doesn't have Kurt Cameron in it. it it's close. It has Candace Cameron. <laughs> it's Hallmark movies. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> I really do. It's so weird. Like, I have made friends. I know. I can recognize the absurdity of it. I really can. But here's the thing. I hated them up until about two or three years ago. And I have just gotten so into them, like so into them. And I think it's my need for just a really cheesy, like nicely. in. it just wraps up at the end. It's predictable. And I have like these rituals. So like part of it's been, that's Mm. what I do in the morning when I'm up with our puppy and I'll either have my coffee or I'll, if it's, you know, really early, I'll go in for like a second cup of tea and just it's a feeling that it creates. Yeah. But here, here's the thing about it that's to me the best part. I have decided that they are missing a huge opportunity. I told her on this the other day. So they're so cheesy. They're so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I told them they need to have a series. And Ryan said it should be called like Hallmark After Dark. I think it should be called <laughs> After the Final Snowfall or something like The Bachelor's <laughs> After the Final Rose. <laughs> the Final Frost. Done. Yes. The Final that. Frost or After the... After the um you know, festival ends or after the packages are unwrapped. And mm. basically what they do is they follow these movies that have been too easily wrapped up and they follow the single dad with a kid who's now blending a family. And we see the real <sighs> behind the scenes of how that's going to go down or the woman who is very satisfied in a corporate high paying job. And now all of a sudden she's living in rural Hollytown, USA. <laughs> like, I want, that's what I want. I watch these movies and I think of like, I need to see the reality behind it. I don't it. feel like that's very on brand for Lifetime though. It, I feel like they need Lifetime, to move that to another. Yeah. Oh, well. It okay. needs to be on Bravo or something. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like they'd have to try, like move networks. Right. And so <laughs> the last, real story. Yeah. The last thing is if you are a Hallmark person, they have an app and basically you can go in and put in your cable provider and it'll tell you what time all the movies are on and oh you can do a checklist. And speaking of lists, I love I've me some that. lists. Yes. And you can go through and check the ones you've watched and the ones you want to watch. And oh, it's a thing. I know. My. I hear how stupid it sounds as I'm saying it, but that's just my thing no. I do this time of year. And it brings me a lot of joy and comfort and rest. So, <laughs> so but I don't think you're alone in it because I've seen people screenshot their um, checklist yeah. on my feeds. Like I have seen, I've floated past that. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, I know. So that's what I'm watching. I actually have a sweatshirt that says, this is my Hallmark <laughs> movie watching sweatshirt. So, okay, we'll move on. Oh, what awesome. are you reading? Um, well, I'm, I, I want to say I'm in between books. I just finished Anne Patchett's, um, The Magician's Assistant for mm-hmm. a fiction book. And it, I mm-hmm. mean, it was okay. Didn't I grab like me her. like some of her others. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love her typically. It just, and it was on purpose. It was a, it was a slow moving storyline, mm-hmm. um, of this woman who lost two very important people in her life, but they had a really interesting, um, family dynamic. So she yeah. was married to this guy who was a magician. She was the magician's assistant, but he mm-hmm. was gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she loved him. 
he loved her and then he um fell in love with this other guy and then they all three just lived together and it wasn't like yeah. a sexual thing like it just they just cohabitated and they all loved each other and that was their family um and then the both the men died <laughs> yeah so that sucked so then it was just her like you know uncovering his past because she didn't know anything about where he came from and incorporating herself into a new family and anyway it was mm-hmm. it was okay it was good it was good i liked it i finished yeah. it well that's and a good thing. Deck, yeah yeah and on deck i have sarah bessie's new book um miracles and other things yeah well, i should I check that title that's close yeah haven't cracked it yet but um <clears throat> i love her work so i'm yeah. excited to get started on that yeah tell me how that one is it's on my oh, well. i love her but i tend to like I know I'm going to want like the hard copy of it. And so I try to wait until right. there's like some Amazon special or something. Yeah. I think I bought it on an Amazon special. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yo. <laughs> well, I have two. I'm going to start with a, a light fiction read and um, all time, one of my all time favorite, like Southern writers, Dorothea Benton Frank, Charleston girl. Mm, she mm-hmm. passed away this year. Um, oh, shut from, up. Yeah. Like back in September from some rare like blood disease. I mean, it was kind of like oh, quick onset. Yes. But her Aww. last book, um, Queen Bee, I absolutely okay. loved it. She's so, it, you're talking about the magician's nephew. It made me think of a character in there. Um, not the main protagonist, but her sister, uh, her little like plot line is that she discovers her husband has been cross-dressing and performing in like as a showgirl. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and so like, that's kind of a little, you know, I'm sure that goes over real well. Yeah. In Charleston. <laughs> yeah, it's a secondary plot line, but it's a really sweet mm-hmm. book. I haven't read any. Have you read any of her stuff? Oh, I get it. Queen B. <laughs> yeah. It's very, right. it's just very um, easy reading, but funny and yeah. she's clever. And I love all the Charleston scenery that's in every mm. single book of her. So that's my fiction. And then my nonfiction, oh my word, I have gone down the rabbit hole of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. I was telling yep. you about it. It's just super insightful, super intriguing um, for those of us who are military affiliated and deal with people or know people who struggle with PTSD. It has a lot that it talks to about that. But beyond that, just how our bodies react to trauma and difficulty. Yep. And so um, it almost reads like a textbook. And so I've literally been working on it for about three weeks and I, I read a little bit every night, which I know most people are like, wow, that's great bedtime reading. But I do, I just, I just <laughs> savor a few, like about a half a chapter, mm. um, or a third of a chapter at night. Cause I'm trying to really like ingest it. And take I it's good. am going to pull that. I have it on my bookshelf. I'm going to pull it down and read it with you. Cause I am okay. dying to dig into that. I just haven't really committed the time to it. Also, I meant to tell you that I am reading, <laughs> um, Marilyn Vansel's self to lose it's so good it's really great um it's an enneagram book if anybody's listening i it's it's very christian based which is cool i mean i just love the way that it kind of softens everything it makes Mm -hmm. it a little more approachable um and less like scary because i know some people are kind of scared of the enneagram because they're not really sure where it's it's one of our books on our recommended reading Mm -hmm. list for the enneagram it's like the kiddie pool version for christian base and it's one i typically point like i pointed my mom to it first like i think If you have reservations from a religious standpoint of like, mm-hmm. ooh, this is the devil's work. Like it's a great right, right. it's a great right. entry point. <clears throat> well, it's, it's just good. different, right? So that's why people are yeah. So anyway, yeah, I wanted to tell you that. I'm like halfway through. It's good really job. great. Um I like the way she I like the way she frames everything. Um mm-hmm. really easy to understand. Cool. Yep. Um Okay, okay. well, okay, so, so okay, you brought up 
Yeah. So you brought up Body Keeps the Score. I have a whole podcast that I'm going to tell, and then I'm going to have one episode. So this ties into um, Body Keeps the Score, I believe. So mm-hmm. I was listening to one episode with Dak Shepard, and now I, her name escapes me. We're the worst. Um, <laughs> I'll find it and link it. Um, one of his episodes of Armchair Expert, they had the Surgeon General of California on. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember her name. But she was on, and she's actually the lady who – first of all, she's the very first Surgeon General that the state of California has ever had. Right. Like they created this for her. Um, and her huge, like big platform, she's a pediatrician, I think. Mm-hmm. She's some kind of doctor. But um, she is really big into the research around adverse childhood experiences. Mm. So these are called ACEs. So you, everyone has an ACEs score. So it's basically this metric of like um, they list out experiences that you may or may not have had in your childhood until you were like from zero to 18. If you answer yes to any of the questions that they ask, you get a point for, um, you know, as one of, as as an adverse childhood experience. So basically the higher the points, the more trauma basically Mm -hmm. you've experienced in your life. Cause all of these things are things like, um, you know, did you have family members that were divorced? Did you ever feel neglected? Um, was there alcoholism in your home? Was mm-hmm. there physical or sexual abuse in your home? Like really kind of heavy right. stuff. But what she wants to do, essentially though, there are um, physiological ramifications to how high your ACEs score is. So if you have a score of over something, like I think maybe four, um, then you have like three times I will fact check all of this. You have three times more likelihood of, you know, developing heart disease or cancer or autoimmune mm. things. Anyway, listening to them talk about this was like riveting, first mm, of all, because what she's wanting to do is start tracking um, children's ACEs scores um, yeah. from their pediatricians. And then they're able to essentially, so there's some conspiracy, not conspiracy, there's some controversy around it because, um, especially from an educator's point of view, like labeling kids right, typically. Right, Right. Yeah. You probably, yeah, of course you know more about this than I do, but, um, what her whole thing is, is that you can get the whole family involved, even if it's a family. So what they, they're doing in these pediatricians offices, they're asking the children to answer the ACEs question or survey. And then they're also asking the parents to answer for the kid. Mm-hmm. Like, has your child experienced? Now what they do is they, they disentangle the question to the score. So the parent just answers like five or seven. Yeah. Right. They don't say like they're not admitting to certain things. Right. Um, and she's found that people are fairly honest because mm. for the most part, no matter how traumatic a, a home life could or can, can or cannot be, parents love their kids and they want the yeah. best for their kids. Yeah. So they're going to answer and they answer in a way that not only like um, helps kind of identify the child as having these experiences and maybe um, alternate uh, sort of accommodations that maybe could be made for them. But the parents now know. Right. That this this score correlates to these health consequences for this mm. child, for this human being, and it helps break the cycle. Yeah. So. Well, I could see how that would be really good, but I would be curious to know, like, just in general, like, how you have to be kind of self-aware for that to even matter to you or to feel like you want to. They, they, they I don't like- know. They address that. And apparently it's really not oh. like. Even, even just, and I don't want to listen to the episode. It's, uh, it's riveting. I mean, the, the results that they've been seeing so far from it, um, have been really encouraging because they're able to like identify specific. One thing that stuck out to me, and this has to do with body keeps the score is, um, your, 
a tr- like your it's, it's something to do with like your fight or flight responses, yeah, right? Your so, cortisol, um, your, your adrenaline. It's cortisol. Yeah. So my mom um, has I don't know what her ACEs score is, but it's definitely higher than mine. Um, she grew up in a very different household than she gave to me, which again speaks to breaking the cycle, right? right. Um, she has always had issues with cortisol. Um, she doesn't sleep well. She's got thyroid stuff, all this. Thing. And it's more than likely because of that, right? Yeah. Because her body became like overactive with the adrenaline and the cortisol responses in these, during these traumatic events in her childhood, um, that essentially her body just has become to, began to numb those experiences for her. And it's just yeah. all out of whack. Yeah. So one other thing though is, um, so mom has celiac. Mm, (laughs) which is autoimmune. And the reason behind that though, this I thought was fascinating. So essentially your body is fight or flight, right? You're walking Mm -hmm. through the woods, you see a bear. Yeah. So that's adrenaline that beef up your muscles and your legs so that you can run or jump, you know, like all these sort of reactions are happening. Um, You also, your body apparently also releases um, your autoimmune responses. Mm -hmm. And goes ahead and sends out all of your like white blood cells or whatever. I sound like an idiot right now. But it automatically is anticipating that you're going to get hurt. Yeah. So it's sending out, you know, antibodies and whatnot to protect you from when you get mauled. It's like it's like prepping for that. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I thought that was crazy. And then over time, obviously, it creates this you know autoimmune responses in your body. So now you have issues with you know like people have more like skin rashes or skin stuff or undiagnosed skin kinds of stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, that was the longest tangent I took up all the time. Okay, and it's it's really what that whole book, the body keeps the score, focuses on, and it talks about how when we don't like we're not aware of it and not trying to do something about it you mm. almost get caught in this like stasis of it just becoming your default yeah. right yeah um, so that's I'm not quite to that part in the book yet like the treatment part but I'm so curious because I know a lot of people who have had you know some stuff and I don't know it's just fascinating right um, Love it. but my my listening I have two um of course huge longtime podcast fan their Enneagram mm-hmm. for the holidays episode just top notch, hilarious, mm-hmm. spot on. Um, but my actual one I want to spend a minute on is um, also a Dax Shepard episode. And it's one from, <laughs> I think, a couple months ago. He's my guilty pleasure. Like, I don't, I love him. you can't listen to that one without earbuds because, like, kids nope. and language and stuff. But um, I absolutely loved his episode with Jim Gaffigan, who is a comedian. And over oh, the last couple of weeks, yeah. we've watched, he's apparently like shaking the comedy world by storm because he is not like pandering to all these other companies. He got him his own um, comedy special and it's either on Netflix or Amazon prime, but it was kind of like a record breaking thing that like he, the way he went about it and like the money behind it and all that, but he is just so deadpan and so funny. And um, we have actually watched a few of his comedy specials with the kids. There's a few little, you know, language things, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm just in a season where I need some humor and lightheartedness. And I <laughs> yeah. think he's really funny. He's a dad of like five kids and he's just very self-deprecating and funny. But his um, episode with Dak Shepard was really, really good. And speaking oh. of comedians, this is a perfect segue. Perfect segue. The newsworthy part of this bonus episode or bonus content is we just want to talk for a minute about one John Christ. <laughs> 
right? What um, in the world? <laughs> uh, so last week or in the last uh, week and a half or so, an article came out in, I believe it was Relevant Magazine. And it was even the way it came out was kind of like suspect because all these victims had come forth to kind of like talk about how he was abusing his power and his influence as a Christian comedian um, in really like some appro- inappropriate ways with, um, you know, women and sexuality and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the women weren't named like they wanted to give their names, but the article held back the the names of the women. And then mm. um, which was kind of unusual because that's not usually the kind of reporting this magazine does. But their whole motive, they said, was just to let these church leaders and people who are bringing him in to like kind of let the cat out of the bag with, you know, who he really is and how he shouldn't yep. be trusted. So what, what were you thinking about all that? Well, no one's above, you know, like, I mean, look, and he's a comedian, so I get it. First of all, my impression of him has always been like, he's a bro. Like he is a bro. He's a bro. Like it didn't shock me at all. Me either. Okay. Like, let's be real. Like, Hey, he's a dude and he's famous, quote unquote, you know, he's Christian famous. He's single, you know, he's fun. He's funny. Um, And he's actually really accessible. I think like, Mm-hmm. I want to say he's even like replied to something I've like commented on his stories yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. he's real, like he's real quick on social media and stuff. So I could see like, Hey, I, Ke- sure. Kelly, looking back, maybe he was trying to hit on you. <laughs> he's sliding <laughs> into my DM. <laughs> nope. That is not the case. <laughs> he's like, Ooh, you're like 45. Um, no, he, what was that? I was seeing one story one night and it was kind of funny. Like he was on tour somewhere and he was like trying to go through some drive through. Yeah, and he always closed. does like a video of the town he's touring in, kind of yeah. poking fun. Yeah. But what he did was he like posted, I'm at this Hardee's in whatever oh, city. I saw that. And, and somebody came a- and met him. Right. And he said, if anybody, ha- whatever. Anyway, and then the next story is some chick that like had showed up to meet him. And I'm like, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being her when I was 18. Like, I would have done that. And, yeah. you know, it didn't just stop there. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really looked into the allegations. Um, So a a couple of things, and this is probably not in any kind of sequential thought process or order, but we have a good friend, um, Dave and Ashley Willis. He, they work for Marriage Today, and he actually had a huge big piece published in USA Today this past Sunday. I I linked it on my Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it was just very, I don't know. It was just a good look and a good, like, fair and kind of like, let's not be so quick to judge. Cause like maybe like as a society, we're contributing to this, not to like let him off the hook. Cause he messed up right. for sure. But my thought is, is like, I don't put a whole lot of trust in celebrities, Christian or otherwise. Right. Like, right. so if you're real disappointed, maybe that's on you for like yeah. <laughs> holding them up to such a high standard. That, I, nothing surprises me. Right. Like if that shakes your faith, then you have bigger problems. Exactly. Like. <laughs> exactly. But also the thing I think that we have to keep in, or one thing to you know factor into it, nothing, he didn't do anything criminal per se, but it was just mm-hmm. like disgusting. Right. And so um, I think in this Me Too era in ch- Church Too or whatever that one is, it's like you have to, know. you just have to like, you don't get away with anything. And like when you're famous, like you aren't, you aren't going to get to text people and be vulgar and, you know, get girls drunk. And like, even if it wasn't criminal, my point is, even if it wasn't criminal, it was still right. creepy and you don't creepy right. doesn't fly right. anymore. So, right. So I have so, I have so many thoughts. I don't know. We thought we were going to do this in 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> So, okay. 
one of the one of the things that I hear, especially from men, um, kind of online, because I really I don't get out much. Um, and I ask my husband all the time, like, what do people in your office say about stuff yeah. like this? Like, I'm just curious, you know, because mm-hmm. he's in like one of the most like hyper conservative units in the army. Like, right. you know, it's guns, God, and country, and that's it. And like, ugh. anyway, so I'm like, what do, what do other people say? Because I kind of have my own like silo in social media. And he's like, yeah. well, it's you know very like, oh, I'm so scared to date nowadays. I'm so glad I'm married because I couldn't do this yeah. dating thing with me too and whatever. And I'm like, okay, would it kill you? Like, oh, it kills the mood to like ask for consent. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You know what really kills the mood? Yeah. <laughs> like, essentially being raped. Like that's yeah. a mood killer. Like, come yeah. on. So like I'm conscious of it. And you too, you're raising a boy, right? Yeah. Like you need to make sure that you're, you know, we don't touch each other. Like even in our family, mm-hmm. like we can hug and stuff, but yeah, we, we don't, don't tickle or yeah. body without, without their-, their consent. Like, and I know that seems crazy to be teaching like seven and eight year olds, but we don't touch people without their consent. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a big thing. And I'm preparing you for what your world is going to look like because it has changed drastically just in our time. Like, I don't want, I don't want my daughter getting taken advantage of. And I don't want my son being accused of something that I don't want him putting, you know, there used to be for girls, especially, well, you don't put yourself in a situation where, right. you know, something could go wrong. You don't drink too much. You don't wear short skirts. You don't whatever. Right. Um, okay. BS. Maybe just yeah. don't rape. Like yeah. maybe teach the boys, just don't be rapey. Right. Yeah. So like, oh, I love this. Like not edited. <laughs> this is going to be a whole nother crowd. Yeah, but like teach your boys don't be rapey. Like yeah. don't put yourself in a position where the, the girl feels like she doesn't have a way out. And so I don't think, yeah. I don't think a lot of men, um, got that message, especially like uh, in our, I, I think it is an uphill battle. Like people, men are feeling victimized right now yeah. in a way, like they're feeling targeted. And I, I get that. I right. understand it. I don't empathize at all with it because I feel like the struggle of being a woman is a lot harder. It's mm-hmm. a lot, um, it's a steeper, steeper hill. Um, and since ugh. we're just not caring on this episode, do you not feel <laughs> like our current political, AKA presidential situation mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. like, yeah. I yeah. Mean, well, it's, it's emboldened. It's emboldened. it's emboldened everyone. So now what's happening is this powder keg. Like any kind of like yeah. forward progress we'd made um, has just been completely demolished by yeah. um, emboldening and strengthening of this alternate mantra and this alternate yeah. narrative of like, well, you just can't be men anymore. I want – Oh, yeah. So there's a great, I didn't mention it on the, what I'm watching, but there's another great show that I'm watching on yet another streaming service, Apple plus. Oh. <laughs> and we have, but it's called the morning show. Yeah, and Jennifer. it's basically like, yeah, it's fantastic. First of all, but it's basically like, um, the Matt Lauer saga, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, what's his name from the office? Oh my God. Steve Carell. Yes. Steve Carell there. Thank you. Yeah. I'm telling you there's something wrong with my brain today. So <laughs> Steve Carell is accused um, of inappropriate behavior at work. And you, what you said earlier, it's not criminal. That's the whole, that's his whole platform is everything was consensual, yeah. but he's being martyred. And it's like tough, tough luck, buddy. Like yeah. this is, it's 2019. This is how this stuff goes down. So yeah. like he had inappropriate relationships with superior, not superiors. Holy crap. Help me. Thank you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go to the doctor. Um, so having inappropriate relationships that they didn't disclose to HR right. and then people were coming forward and he was like, he had this like epic scene where he like trashes his television. He's so angry. He's like, it was consensual, but mm-hmm. he's not seeing the power dynamic. 
Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Like he's not seeing the situation that he's putting himself in by abusing the power dynamic. Whether or not he was being coercive does not matter. The fact that he holds power matters. And you you cannot assume that you're not abusing the power just by existing. So that's the new dynamic that I think a lot of people are having to come to grips with. And that's to get back to John Christ, both um, Knox McCoy of the podcast and Aaron Moon of the podcast, I get both of their newsletters and they, if you aren't subscribing, you should, because they both actually write pretty long form about that. And particularly Aaron, it's the power dynamic. That's where it all rests. But I do want to ask you, because I always feel like, I just like throwing out devil's advocate stuff, even if it's something I don't believe. I'm curious on on your thoughts. So like two things with this John Christ, the main person they interview in the article basically talks about how he did all this, but she had a very serious boyfriend and Mm -hmm. she agreed to meet up with John Christ to go rollerblading and get drunk basically. And so, (laughs) um, yeah, I know. But like part of me is kind of like, well, if (sighs) And I don't, I'm not saying like you shouldn't wear a short skirt because then it's your fault. It's not that, but uh-huh. it's like there, there is some piece of that that, well, she was, she was participating in some level of this that led him to think that she was in for it or not down. in for it, but down. <laughs> yeah, she was down. I mean, she was like, she went along and like she yeah. had a boyfriend. Like I'm thinking yeah. if I were in a serious relationship, I probably wouldn't go do like go hang out in that way with another man alone. So I'm not saying that he isn't at fault for still doing any of that, but like, I don't know. And then my other part too, that I really want you to answer is, so I've listened to John Christ on a couple of podcasts and a couple of years ago, Annie Downs uh, interviewed him and he talked a lot about his sexual addiction and the treatment he gets Mm -hmm. and all that. And from what I can piece together, most of the stuff in this article was from many, many years ago. And so the flip side of this is like, is there, there's not a winner in it, obviously, but like he can't, he has no other option, but to just bow out of his tour. And, you know, like, I don't know, there's part of me that's like, well, even if in, in the real world, when people mess up, yeah, you have to hold them accountable and especially people in positions of influence and power. But like, at what point do you get an I'm sorry and a do over or when you're in public, it's just, you're done. And like, Okay. Yep. Oh, I just lost my earbud. Um, oh, good. Okay. Sorry. I dropped my earbud out of my ear. I got so excited. I like hit it out. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, did you hear what I said? Like, I don't, I'm yes. not taking us out. I just, it's nuanced Wait. and I like to explore all that. So uh, to, to the point of her going along with it, him feeling like it was consensual. Cause I'm sure he did. I mean, again, yeah. he wasn't being necessarily rapey, but I don't think for one second that he was under any assumption that he could go out as normal everyday Joe Schmo and quote unquote land the quantity or the quality of girls that were showing True. up at his doorstep, True. if not for his celebrity, power. aka yeah. power. Status. So that is something with great power comes great comes responsibility. Okay. Okay. So honestly, so there's that. And and I haven't read either of the newsletters. I'm going to go sign up for them right now. But um, he has a lot to risk. He does. Like, there is a lot of risk around any sort of thing that you have built. Right. So my husband always told me that his dad, one of the like the lessons that he got from his dad was like, you need to learn how to spot crazy was his lesson. 
I don't don't like the way it was presented. And this is like 80s era parenting, but it worked for him for a long time. Like Mm -hmm. no matter what situations you have at your disposal or what, what sits down next to you at the bar, right? Right. You need to learn like, is this stable? Like, is this a good idea? Because her, her accusation could mean a lot. You know, it could destroy your career. It could destroy your life. So he always took that pretty, um, you know, deeply to heart. Um, I I just think, yeah, I just think it was an abuse of power. And regardless of, you know, what he is struggling with, when he was coming to grips with an addiction, um, which, you know, oh, I have thoughts on that too. I I mean, and I don't want to diminish like an actual thing. Did he really, who knows? I can't judge. Right. Like, does he yeah. have an addiction or is he just a bro that likes to hook up? Right. Like who knows? I well, think- there's a whole other layer of cloaking it as Christians. So like, <laughs> wait, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Like if you can call it something and you're going to treatment for it, then you can kind of wash over it and move past right. it. Um, I also think that um, Christianity has a really unhealthy view of sexuality in general. Like I think there's True. a lot of, um, a lot of ways where that gets distorted. So who knows, right? Like mm-hmm. who knows what his experience was, what his history is with, you know, that, um, and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I think that there was probably a moment in time where he could have reckoned with the things that he is feeling guilty about, you know, or maybe yeah. the, the women that he took advantage of, you know, looking at all of the, the folks falling from me too, there were, my mm-hmm. takeaway from that was, okay, you're watching this like social dynamic start to shift right mm-hmm. and all these men are like scared right and some of them yeah legit should be who's next oh my god <laughs> andrew's like you know who's not going down tom hanks isn't going down probably because yeah. tom hanks is a good dude like yeah. is he nervous is he scared no because he knows what's in his past like, yeah. he knows what he's going to be held accountable for but the people yeah. that are scared are the people that have stuff that they haven't reconciled so yeah. had john christ had a moment where He's coming clean, you know, like this is maybe years ago. He's in treatment for, okay, Alcoholics Anonymous. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing. They have to make amends. They have to mm-hmm. go to people that they have hurt. That's part of the process. So if he's in a legit recovery program for a sexual addiction, that would have been one of his steps. And had right. it been one of his steps, then this person might not have come forward because she would have been validated and heard and well, honored in that moment. And her sons, not, so that's even the bigger problem. It wasn't just oh. a one, it's like 10 or 12 people or a lot of well, people. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. he could have, ha- he has had that opportunity. He's had yeah. that at his disposal and he could have then responded to all of this that has now come public and said, listen, yeah. I did have these experiences and I did take advantage of these women in this way. I acknowledge it. I am remorseful and have also corresponded with these women back in the day when I came to realize that this was wrong and this behavior was uncool. Like, then he might've had a different public perception. Well, it's Um, the whole, like, are you just sorry because you're sorry? Because you got caught. And it kind of feels a little bit like that. Yeah. I always think back to, um, and I don't remember when and where I heard this, but the great like evangelist, Billy Graham, mm-hmm. he had a policy that he um, never rode even in an elevator with a woman by himself. He would like check behind or even have like a, a person of accountability, like check behind every hotel door when he would go <sighs> check into a room, which seems over the top. But like you, you have to like. I don't know. You have to like protect yourself, I guess. I mean, not- I don't know. I like, I get a little bit of that, but then I also like take issue with, is it Mike Pence that um, was kind of under scrutiny yeah. about that because he wouldn't have dinner with female senators. Female. Yeah. And so you're now you're limiting her career. Like she well, didn't no, have access I to I think a dinner a that she would have had. 
I think there's a difference in sitting down at a meal in a public place and like happening into your hotel room with one person locked in there and it's your room upstairs. <laughs> I think that's two different things, but still it's, it's super complicated, all of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, the ultimate thing is I did go see John Christ about, I don't know, back in the spring with some friends and it was hilarious. We loved it. I bought a shirt. It's his oh, check no. your heart shirt. And I had it on <laughs> with us. A, a, it matches some of my pajama pants and I was wearing it to bed the other night and Ryan was like, well, the real You're question is, is, are you going to keep that shirt? <laughs> you got to burn it, girl. I'll wear it in irony, oh. like wear it ironically. Like, <laughs> yeah, check my heart. No, John, you check your heart. Yeah. Yikes. No. Yikes. Well, there's Poor just John. a part of me that, yeah, I, I have pity. <laughs> I do have a true pity on like, it's a lose-lose situation. I hate it for these girls. I hate yeah. it for him. Like, it's just a... It's a sucky thing. My aunt, who I'll be real surprised if she listens to this, but she texted <laughs> me over the weekend and she's like, Claire, what do you think about all this John Christ business? And I'm like, well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on it. You hear it? <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, I, like I said, I'm not disappointed because I don't, I mean, I'm disappointed, but like I wasn't caught off guard. Like I kind of have come to expect things with celebrities. I don't hold them, even Christians. I don't hold them to a very high standard. I just... They're human and yeah, you know, yeah. Which is sad. I, I should, and we. I don't know, but I. I don't. I definitely don't hold celebrities to any kind of standard. I, you almost yeah. expect like it's almost more surprising that you're they just have for it. a clean yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. You're just waiting for it, but like also, I think it definitely sets a great example uh, going yeah. forward. And it sucks, yeah. I guess. You know, like, but this yeah. kind of thing is not new. <laughs> you know, no, like it has happened not- for ever and ever. And one thing. Oh my god! Okay, so the the what I'm listening to, back circle back. I won't spend any time on it, but I'm listening to Dolly Parton's America, mm-hmm. and they talk about how Dolly has dealt with. Um, I think the last episode was her being on nine to five, and she actually yeah. recoils at being called a feminist. Like that is just right. like she's like, no, no, I don't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. But she is like hardcore legit feminist. She like she's is like an the icon. poster child for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of. Um, a lot of what they were talking about was just how she um, she knows the system and she mm-hmm. has figured out a way to work it to her advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't, I don't, I don't I can't remember how I was going to tie that in, but anyway, yeah. it was a great listen. Um, yeah. Well, well, listen, we're going to need to land the plane here. A couple reasons. Yeah. I got to go. I got to use <laughs> the restroom. <laughs> we said, yeah, let's make this like 10 or 12 minutes, but this just goes to show you, we can just sit and talk about things like, you know, all day long, but um Maybe we'll have a, a break off podcast where we talk about faith and politics and all the things that <laughs> we're too scared to talk about on a public. <laughs> yeah, this will definitely be the the loves us only people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, all right. Sounds good. And uh, can't wait to do this again. All right. Later. Bye. Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed our installment of not really sure what we're calling it yet, (laughs) but uh, this is going to be a monthly endeavor for us in addition to our weekly podcast that comes out every Tuesday, Advice Not Given. Uh, Claire and I just wanted an additional outlet, and also we wanted to provide some extra value to our patrons over in our Patreon community. So if you would like to join that community, head over to patreon.com slash gurus. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. To find out more about the tiers and levels, uh, but any contribution whatsoever will give you access to these monthly chit chats that are a little bold, a little edgier, um, 
and a little less edited, let's say. <laughs> so um, be sure to check that out. Also follow us on all the socials at Milspo Gurus and uh, be sure to let us know what advice you have for us, what content you'd like us to tackle, current events you'd like to hear our take on, you name it. We want to try and have a little fun with this. So hope you enjoyed it.